Boink. Boom. Uh, battery is at one thing bar place. Uh, is that going to be a problem? I think it should be fine, and then we'll just replace it after this episode. Okay. Because I was at Great. two on the last one. So we'll I can't... You know, this is not coming in that loud. You can turn it up, but the only thing about turning it up is that... Um, oh, yeah, and you can just turn the volume up, too. It could... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to, like, turn our levels up. Yeah, no, I know that sound gets funky. Yeah. This is okay for you? Yeah, so I think it's, like, just from the three episodes that we've done so far, like, recording a little quieter is better, and then I can turn it up later if we have to. Uh-huh. Um, but, and then you could just turn up the volume so that we could hear ourselves a little better. Okay. You, how do I sound to you? You sound okay. Do I sound, am I too far? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't hear that well. I don't know why. I mean, How's you're that? coming in really. Am I loud? No, uh, mm, like louder. Well, now that I'm closer, I think it's a little more the same. Okay. Well, we're recording. We are recording. Yeah. Come on. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Okay, I know where you're going with this. You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, like, But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. Harper. I'm Jonathan. And this is Hawkeyes. Yes, where we take a deep dive into the career of Ethan Hawke and go chronologically through his movies and analyze them in an effort to find the truest essence of Hawkness. The deep, deep Hawkness. Yep. Today, we're talking about White Fang, 1991. That's true, we are. Good up. Um, full disclosure, we watched this movie over a week ago now. Really? Yeah. So we really should have rewatched it, but I cannot imagine watching this movie a second time. <laughs> we should just have it on in the background. And then we'll just see like riff tracks. Yeah. That would be bad. No, I don't like that. Um, oh, I was listening to a podcast today, shout out to the Bechdel cast, mm-hmm. um, where they were, wa- they were, the episode was about Titanic, uh-huh. and so they watched it together, and they just took a break at the midpoint of the movie to do a check-in, and they recorded themselves talking, and like one of them was just like crying. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And, um, but yeah, so they didn't like record themselves watching the whole movie, but they did do a check in point halfway and then they recorded themselves at the end as well, which I thought was kind of a cute idea. It was a real time response, you know, nice to all of the feels of Titanic. Um, but yeah, back to our own podcast. Yeah. So we watched this movie with, um, friend of the show, Giovanni Biani. Yes. Um, uh, after having tacos yeah and it was um just it was fine 
Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. What was your first first reaction? <coughs> yeah, I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was yeah. fine. Okay, so should we talk about this? Should we talk about what, what transpires in this Yeah, let's this do film? some plot. All right. So. Some hawk plot. Uh, the first note I wrote was cute pup. I think this the movie opens on the picture of the pup that grows up to be known as White Fang. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a bunny for the cute pup, right? Yeah. So little uh, little White Fang, little baby White Fang, mm-hmm. in the beginning you see is being taken care of by the older wolves, raised mm-hmm. by wolves, as they say, as wolves often are. <laughs> yes, yes. Except in this movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was something about, like, the way that they shot the wolves running through the forest that was so very dramatic to me that all I could think about were the wolves from Twilight mm-hmm. uh, in Breaking Dawn Part uh, 1, I think, when um, when Jacobs just found out that Bella's pregnant with this vampire baby. Uh, he has this, like, furious run through the forest to try to get back to his other, the other wolves and tell them all about And they all hear his, like, anxious cries. Anyway, and they all meet up, and it's very dramatic, and that's what I was thinking about at the beginning of White Fang. Well, you're usually thinking about Twilight, so... That's so true. We took a, a road trip this weekend, and I talked a lot about Twilight. Yep. That was fun. Um... <laughs> No, I'm kidding. No, it was good. Uh, there, uh, I have seen those movies, so <laughs> so I'm f- it's fine. I can say whatever I want about it. You can. Yeah, I've seen them. You have, just like we've seen White Fang. White Fang. Uh, there's a scene where he comes off the the train. Oh no, I'm just kidding. It's not a train. It's a boat. I watch this movie, and <laughs> someone kicks the animal cage that he has his dog in and ethan hawk is like hey don't do that because he loves animals establishes early on ethan hawk loves animals and so he sort of arrives in this frontier town mm-hmm. in alaska he's just like james marston in westworld sure except yeah except that's hot and this is cold yeah that's true Yes, and it's sort of like a that's that's a good point. It's sort of like a, a a a janky, you know, town that's in the process of being set up. Like everything here is like, you know, the artifices of doors. Because mm-hmm. it's just like it's just like ramshackle because you're in Alaska, mm-hmm. and they don't have buildings there. They do have blockbusters though. Mm-hmm. You know that they still have blockbusters in Alaska. Yes, I think I did know that. Yeah, because um, when it's really cold like to watch movies mm-hmm. and there's not often a ton of social activities to do so just going to the blockbuster and also there's not always the strongest internet connection mm-hmm. so going to the blockbuster seeing some of your you know neighbors yeah and grabbing some tapes mm-hmm. um, probably dvds now dvds hightailing it back home mm-hmm. watching some 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 white fang Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't imagine that Alaskans spend all the time watching White Fang. I would imagine that they watch like no, Twenty Eight Days Later, <laughs> Air Bud or something. That's a different dog movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The name of the character that kicks the dog mm-hmm. in the cage. Um, his name is Beauty, Beauty Smith. Oh. He's a dog fighter. Oh right, right, right. I forgot about that. 
Um, well, Ethan Hawke plays Jack Conroy. And Klaus Maria Brandauer plays Alex Lawson. Mm-hmm. And the Larson. Other two main, Larson, excuse me. And the two main characters. Plus Jed, the wolf dog, as White Fang, who is an Alaskan Malamute and also appeared in John Carpenter's The Thing in a much uh, acclaimed performance. Who plays a possessed dog or something? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, apparently it's it a acclaimed performance from from Jed. Jed, the wolf dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack Zpa died. Mm-hmm. That's the backstory. Yes, and he has come to Alaska to fulfill his father's search of gold. And he comes uh, and finds. Um, what's oh, the... real quick before yeah. you get past the point where he's with Beauty Smith. Right. Um, uh, Beauty and his guys uh, are pretty tough with Ethan Hawke, and Ethan Hawke is green. Like he's never been to Alaska or anywhere rough. He seems like he's like college educated in a time when you probably weren't, um, and. Uh, so they're kind of rough with him and then they, they leave and then Ethan Hawke realizes that his, his money's been stolen and he yells out, I've been robbed. And then some just passerby says, welcome to the Yukon. And it just, it feels a lot like he should say bitch at the end of that. Yeah. 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 Luke. But it's a Disney movie. That's true. This is a Disney movie. Yes. It's important to note. It is important to note. Um, Okay, well that's a good good note. Uh, he so then he finds um, uh, uh, Klaus Maria Brandauer's character, Alex, uh, who was his father's musher, mm-hmm. and he tries to convince him to take him to where they can find gold, but he's not that into the idea. Uh, I I called him Euro. Euro. That's what I called him in the mm. notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he seemed European. He's like uh, ambiguously European. Ambiguously European. Yeah. So I just called him Euro, and so he. The actor himself is Austrian. Austrian. Okay. All right. So not ambiguous. Just Austrian. Well, I don't know if the character is Austrian. The That's character true. felt kind of ambiguously <laughs> European, even yeah. if the actor comes from somewhere. And true. 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 So he reluctantly agrees to go along with uh, Ethan Hawke's character. And they are going up the Golden Staircase, which is a snowy stepped Mm -hmm. uh, staircase. It's not a weird sex thing. No. No. It's a Disney movie. Yes, it is a Disney movie. As we said. So. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. Yeah. Yeah, just check yourself, please. Before I wreck myself. Yeah. So they go up, and then there's some there's some wolves, and they're all, oh, one more thing. They're also with another guy, mm-hmm. whose name I did not get down. Uh oh, his name is Skunker. 
That's the character's the name? The character's name is Skunker, as played by Seymour Cassell. Great. So, oh, I, call, I think I called him Santa in this. Yeah, Santa. <laughs> yeah, Euro Santa and then EH, which is my abbreviation for Ethan Hawke. That is my abbreviation for Ethan Hawke as well, which does Crazy. get me in some trouble because I feel like I should really know the name of Ethan Hawke's characters, but instead I just rely on my EH abbreviation. True. So, yeah, there, there's a couple of scenes where they're being chased by wolves. Or not chased by wolves, but there are wolves around them. Um, and then uh, Euro shoots at the wolves to scare them away. And then there's a funny exchange when they're stopping for the night um, where Ethan Hawke's character is brushing his teeth. And then Santa says, what is he doing? And Euro says, cleaning his teeth. And then he says, how'd they get dirty? Which is kind of funny. Um, There's a similar scene in uh, the trailer for the new Coen Brothers movie. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called, but um, there the in the trailer, it's uh, the the character opens up a, a toothbrush for the first time, and there's like a paper with instructions on how to use it because it's like a similar frontier kind of situation where no one's ever used a toothbrush before. Uh huh. Well, everyone knows that Coen Brothers movies are all just ripped from like. 90s thing. Disney movies. Yeah. Like, it's just, they, ha- they have no original ideas. No Country for Old Men? I mean, come on. We all know what that is. I don't have to Move say on. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sorry, I said it. Yeah. Um, and then a wolf steals a fish from uh, their, their hunting party, which uh, it did so because Santa went out to look at, check on the dogs. And feed them fish. And the wolf pretended to be a dog. And they didn't notice. And I think the fish might have taken... The wolf might have taken the fish back to White Fang, who's still an infant at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then you see a scene in which Ethan Hawke is protective of his books. Because he's carrying the... Well, so he has a bag with stuff. And the dogs are pulling it. Mm-hmm. And then Euro says... Um, he basically takes the bag off of the sled and says he like dumps them all on the ground, dumps the books on the ground. And he's like, you know, if, if, cause basically he, he, he thinks that they're just like dead weight. Like, why would you bring books? Right. And then Ethan Hawke is like picking them up and like protecting them. He's like, well, if you want them, you have to, um, you have to carry them yourself, mm-hmm. which, uh, leads me to believe that we are in a, um, shared universe with dead poet society Oh. In which Ethan Hawke's character is the same character from that, mm-hmm. and he's just taking his books with him to the frontier so he wow. can read poetry to the wolves. Wild. He's come a long way. He's come a long way, yeah. Todd. Todd. Todd he Anderson. Is Todd Anderson? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, are I, you waiting for that motorcycle to come past? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen the movie. Um, That's not true. Uh... uh just kidding. Um, I'd like to take this time <clears throat> to share some some fun jokes that our friend Geo made while watching this film. Okay. Uh, when Ethan Hawke is first experiencing some trouble, Geo said, "You can do it," because he was in the Yukon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, it's pretty uh, wintry in the Yukon, so Geo said. I thought we were watching White Fang, not Snow Falling on Cedars. Yeah. A good Ethan Hawke joke. 
yeah. Snow Falling on Cedars is an Ethan Hawke movie. Oh, I haven't seen it. Well, you will. Okay. Yeah. Uh, those were some jokes from Geo. Thanks, Thanks Geo. Geo. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Um, I rate the first joke a four out of five. Hawks. Hawks. I rate the second joke also a four out of ten. Ooh, Sorry, burn. Geo. Only because I didn't get it. Um, oh, yeah, because I haven't seen the movie. That's true. Or heard of it. <laughs> Clearly, I'm eminently qualified to do this <laughs> podcast since I know one Ethan Hawke movie. Yeah. That and it's training day. Oh. <clears throat> oh, true. Which we'll get to in three and a half years. All right. So, Ethan Hawke is protective of his books because he's Todd Anderson from Dead Poet Society. Right. A bit of a stretch, but I'll accept it. No, it's true. Okay. Even though they happen in different... Do they happen in different times? Yeah, Dead Poet Society is like the 1950s, and mm-hmm. this, I want to say, is like the early 1900s. Okay, so he's just... He looks good for his age. Yeah? Oh, no, it's the 1800s. It's the late 1800s. Okay, so he looks really good for looks his age. It's really good, yeah. Yeah. Look for all Williams, you know? Yeah, or like, um, you know, picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah, yeah, that's too much of a stretch. I don't think so. Anyway, so uh, Ethan Hawke falls in ice because... Why does he fall in ice again? Because he's a dummy. He goes out onto the ice for something. Uh, yeah, because the, um, the, there are supplies that fall out onto the ice. And oh, so yeah. um, he goes out to get them, even though the ice is like pretty thin. Yeah, and they and tell so him then, not to, yeah, Sam and Euro. Yeah, and he thinks that he knows everything because he's like book smart. Yeah. But he doesn't know nothing about the streets of the Yukon. The streets of the Yukon, that's true. <laughs> so he goes out there to get th- to save the supplies. I think it was like matches or something. Um, and then he he gets out there okay, but then uh, as he starts to head back, he realizes that the ice is shattering underneath him. Realizes. More like was told and didn't listen. Yeah. Come on, Todd. And then he falls under uh-huh. and then has to be saved. He gets like saved, yes. But then there's the... Is, isn't the... Is that a later scene where the the body... They were... Because Euro... Okay. So Euro made a promise yeah. to this now dead guy mm-hmm. to bury him somewhere. Yes. And so in the first scene, that's what he's doing. He's putting the bo- the coffin onto the sled to take it with them and you know there's a lot of scenes of them strenuously carrying this coffin uh, is that the scene where the coffin falls into the ice or is that a different scene that's a different scene okay yeah so ethan hawk falls into the ice he gets rescued and then they warm him up mm-hmm. right yes uh-huh. Oh, yeah, they wrap him and light a fire with a page of his book. Right, that was something I took note of. They rip a page out of his book. I think Santa rips a page out of his book. But he picks, like, you know, like, I mean, like, all books have, like, an unnecessary amount of front pages that uh-huh. are Oh, blank. but he pulled out a middle page. He pulled out a middle page, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, Ethan Hawke is so protective of his books, and now he has an incomplete book. Yeah, but I think you could also tell, like, you know that ethan hawk's character jack that jack understands now why the the two men were you know kind of telling him that he should ditch his books because you know right it's it's not as important like anything like nothing 
you know, when it comes to the life and death stakes of Yukon life, the books are not as important yes. as staying alive. So it's fine. It was like fine with him at that point that they burned some of his books in order to keep warm. Yes. Well, they just he just took one page to light it on fire because it was not wet. Um, so then what happens? Oh, Santa, so Santa shoots, shoots at, so while they're, while he's warming up, Santa shoots at some wolves and chases them to protect the dogs. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess he's dead now. Euro's like, oh, I guess he's dead because he went after the wolves. Like he goes off for like five minutes and like, well, that's it. He's dead. Mm. It's like, Turns out he's not dead because he, they spent zero minutes trying to see if he was still alive. No wonder all of Euro's friends are dying, you know, with friends like that. Damn. Who needs to be alive? Um, oh, and then, so one of the dogs that Santa shoots is uh, White Fang's mama. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, White goes, Fang is all alone. Yes, you Just see like a scene. Nestor the long-eared Christmas donkey. Yes, you see a scene where the the older dog, the parent pup, goes back to White Fang, and is dying. And you see like White Fang, like eh, I'm sad. And uh, it just goes to show you the brutality of the Yukon. Because when you see Santa shooting at the wolves, you're like, all right, go Santa. You know, you got to protect protect the dogs. But then the wolves are injured. And you see the wolf go back to White Fang and is dying. And you're like, damn, that's sad. Yeah, it's every so man and wolf for himself. For everybody. It's like when you're watching those nature documentaries. And you're like, you're watching like snakes chase like a you know, cute mammal or something. And you're like cheering for the mammal because it's cute and you don't want it to die. But then also you're also cheering for like the snakes to go hungry. That's true. Makes you think. So that's what this movie does. Makes Makes you you think. think. Makes you think. So after little White Fang's parrot dies... See him try to learn to be uh, a wolf, all all on his own, and um, yeah. So there's some scenes where he like slides on a down a hill mm-hmm. and crashes in the snow and ends up underground. In a scene very reminiscent of 1985's Explorers. No. Um, that was also from 1985 and has a scene where they slide down. I don't something. actually know if this movie came out in 1985. Uh, uh, wow, you said it so confidently. What's the name of that movie? Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Oh. In which uh, Luke Skywalker is fighting Darth Vader underground. I don't know. The place just looked the same to me. But Sorry, can you, what, uh, where what happens? There's a scene where Luke is on Dagobah and he's fighting Darth Vader underground. Mm, okay, well, it's 1980. Oh, well, that was five years off. When did uh, uh, Return of the Jedi come out? 
Return of the Jedi. That could have been 85. I kind of feel like it's 84, though. 83. Oh, wow. I'm totally off. Whatever. Who cares? It's a stupid movie. I'm kidding. I like it, but no. Uh, <laughs> I hope uh, we get angry tweeted by Star Wars fans. Well, if you want to angry tweet at us, I'm going to set up a Twitter for us at Hawkeye's Pod at Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Or you could DM us on Instagram at Hawkeye's Pod, or you could comment on our Facebook page at Hawkeye's Pod. Ethan Hawke said he would want to be in a Star Wars movie. He was like, oh, where was my phone call? Um, what are you up to over there? Got I'm some talking to your sister. Some important t- tweet tweets to get to? No, I'm talking to your sister. Oh, okay. Say hi. For me, I guess. I guess I could just do that myself. Yeah, that's true. I don't know where my phone is. Oh, my phone's over there. I can't, I can't reach it because I'm... Yeah, it's, we're working right now. You don't need your phone. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell that to you. <laughs> okay. So... We're talking oh, about... yeah. So the, when the puppy slides down that hill, yes. uh, White Fang makes a little sound like, whoa, that I could not tell if that was like a real sound that could have come from this dog or if it was like a human trying to make this sound the dog like it was like in adr you know like a human making like a foley noise or something i don't know it was a really it was a really weird noise i didn't know very cute but weird that is cute yeah um also when the puppy white fang is like just on its own running around uh trying to figure out how to live ethan hawk um sees him thinks he's cute like whistles like you know come here boy uh, but, you know, just, White Fang's just living his own life. Yeah. Runs away, because, you know. And that's the first time... You don't need a white man to save him. It's the first time you see Ethan Hawke and White Fang together. That's true. Uh, and then you see him, like, try to eat fish, which is very cute. Um, he gets trapped by a trap. Yes. And that's when he gets, uh... Adopted by... Grey Beaver. Yes. The native people in Alaska. And so they train him to be a sled dog. Mm-hmm. They treat him well, but they work him. Yeah. Oh, and they and they say that they say that White Fang is part dog. Yes. Because, you know, his mother was able to blend in with the dogs. Right. And that was only possible because the mother was half dog. Right. So White Fang would be a quarter dog. Nice. Theoretically. Theoretically. And so then Euro, um, so we cut back to Ethan Hawke and, um, and his adventures. And Euro leaves him at a small encampment, similar to the first one where he first arrives, but even smaller. Actually, no, maybe it's a little bigger. But yeah, it's like a little town. And they have a bar and a hat store. They have a hat store. Yeah, it's important to have a millinery in the Yukon. No city, no matter how big, needs a hat store. It's cold there. They need a hat to cover their yeah, ears pe- and heads. These people are com- covering their domes with, like, top hats and, like, you know, 
You don't need that. Oh, you mean the hat store is yeah. providing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like an up-and-coming neighborhood, you know? <laughs> it's a short time before we start seeing juiceries. Yeah. And, yeah. Yoga. That, the hat store is the Yukon first sign. Yoga. Yeah, you're right. The hat store is the first sign of gentrification. Yeah. There's a millinery right by my office. Oh, jeez. Is that they're called millinery? Mm-hmm. The place that sells hats? Or is it a haberdashery? I like that more. Hold on, I'm but I don't know which one's correct. All right, so he comes to this little gentrified town, and <clears throat> this is where my notes start to get thinner. So definitely before this. Yes, a millinery sells women's hats specifically. Interesting. So this is probably not a millinery because there's not a lot of women in this no, town. There are only prostitutes and bar keepers that are women in this town. Yes. Okay. Definitely sometime before this, the dead dude slips into the ice. Sure. Do you remember that? Vaguely. I thought that they just kind of like dropped him somewhere and were like, this is close enough. I didn't think that he fell into the ice. He fell into the ice and they go get him. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. I just don't know. So he falls into the ice and they go get him. And there's, there's a scene like where the sled is like tumbling down the hill because of something stupid Ethan Hawke did. And so they have to go pull the, the dead guy out of the out of the ice. Mm-hmm. And put him back in his coffin. And that's cause and that, that's when he says he, he, he made a promise to to uh to this dead dude to bury him somewhere. Well, he's somewhere in the Yukon. Who? The dead guy. Yeah, they do end up taking him and burying him. I think they're like it's near like a native area, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't remember. Oh yeah, there's one scene where Ethan Hawke says, "Is there any good reason why we can't bury him here?" I don't think he'll know the difference. Yeah, yeah. But that's after they get him out of the water. Yeah, yeah. And then and then when they end up when they do end up burying him, Ethan Hawke's like, "You want to say something?" And then Euro's like, "Never really liked the bastard." It's like, oh, it's funny. So he's he's an honest fella, but he tells it like it is. Yeah, that seems kind of synonymous with honest. You don't have to say but. <laughs> <laughs> he's an honest fella who well, tells it you like know, it is. Well, you know, it's, okay, not everyone who tells it like it is is an honest fella because there's there's people who, who are out there, some in Alaska, who like um, – the president of the United States, and they say in Alaska. No, people in Alaska who like the president of the United States. Uh, IRL in 2018. Okay. And they say he tells it like it is, even though he's lied like thousands of times mm-hmm. in the two years he's been a president. We won't say his name. We don't have to. Okay. So, what? Go oh no! Ahead. I was just about to start talking at the same time as you. Okay, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so they, after their kind of long expedition, is that what I need to say? Go ahead. Just after their kind of long expedition, they go back to that town for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex says he's going to go see a friend. And I thought that he, that meant a prostitute, but it, it was really a woman who's a bar owner. Yeah. Who he's in a long-term romantic relationship with. Yes. Um, but there is a prostitute who does come on, who does like offer or solicit, um, solicit Ethan Hawke. 
Yes. She sort of gives, like, a way. Or he's, like, looking at her and, like, thinking about it. Yeah. But then he's a good Disney boy, so he doesn't. Yeah. But look, man, you've been working hard. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Live a little. Mm-hmm. But then he decides to spend his money at the hipster hat store. He buys himself a hat. That's true. What an idiot. I bet a hat is probably as expensive as a prostitute. Yeah, I don't know at the time. Yeah, hats are expensive. Have you ever tried to buy a hat? Uh, no. Yeah, you'd be surprised. They're expensive. Back then, these were probably like fancy hats because they were like made in America, you know? You couldn't ship your hats to China to have them manufactured and fly them back. There were no airplanes back then. That's true. Hats were American-made. They'd come on boats, though. Yeah. Boats were coming from Japan and China. That's true. But you didn't have have the made-in-China stuff. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So hats were expensive. So anyway, he decides to spend (laughs) his money on a hat. I have a note here, just in this kind of section, that says... This movie isn't as good as A Star is Born. <laughs> but had you not seen A Star is Born? Oh, by ha- yeah. Oh, we, we had? Yeah. Oh, I don't, my timeline's all screwed up. Yeah, we watched A Star is Born on like Tuesday, and then we watched this on Saturday or Sunday. Okay. Well, we're not going to talk about that movie. It's just so good. <sighs> it's so good. Like, right now all i can do is like compare other movies to that movie that's how much i like it like i thought it was only gonna be like my number three movie immediately after i saw it but now that i've had some time to think about it number one at least number two better than the favorite it's tough because the favorite is such like a big movie you know like it's and Star is Born is a small No, no, no. Like, it's a big scale movie. Like, the shots are wide and okay. the cast is large, you know? But, and okay. the, and it's kind of like absurd, you know? Yes. But A Star is Born is all close ups and it's really like two real characters that you're following. And, and also a little absurd. Mm, yeah but i mean it's like kind of grounded in like a a really visceral personal relationship as opposed to yeah anyway so yeah it might be my favorite movie this year we'll see yeah okay so white fang (laughs) oh yeah so they're in town and ethan hawk recognizes the uh, puppy or something i don't know oh no this is they're back out in the world i don't know what's happening ethan hawk recognizes the puppy as a note i have like a later time Oh, when they go to see... Okay, so... Back up. So, yeah. Ethan Hawke and Alex leave the town, and they're, like, going to try to find his dad's land again. Yes. And then they meet, run into Grey Beaver and his tribe. Yes. And that's when Ethan Hawke recognizes the puppy, because the puppy has been trained to be yes. a dog Yes, 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 yes. Yes, you're it's right. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back to me, yeah. And then the probably my favorite scene from this movie, um, a bear chases Ethan Hawke. Yes. And so he runs and he get he manages to get underneath like the stack of logs. Yeah. You know, just like just barely out of the reach of the bear, uh, barely. <laughs> um, <Nah>. But <laughs> you're so mean to me. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Anyway, so um, just out of the reach of the bear. But the bear still, like, scratches his arm and stuff. And then uh, 
White Fang, who I guess we're supposed to believe also recognizes Ethan Hawke from that one time. Yeah. Um, he he sees that this is happening, and White Fang comes up and like barks at the bear and defends Ethan Hawke. Yes. Yeah. And there's a scene. With the girls. Previously. Oh, never mind. When they're about to embark. Mm-hmm. Uh, on their journey to. Just, just before this scene. And um, what's his name? Euro. Alex. Alex tells his lady friend to feed the dogs before he embarks. And then Ethan Hawke says, oh, you're a romantic, aren't you? So that's the line from the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's another really good. So you know how we were talking about with um, that scene with Ethan Hawke and the prostitute? When uh, he had this kind of like nonverbal exchange with her where he shrugged like, oh, I shouldn't, you know. Yeah. Um, and we thought that I remember at the time we, uh, you and I talked about it and we both agreed that that was like a pretty Ethan Hawke thing to do. <laughs> you know, um, I thought another really good nonverbal Ethan Hawke moment was when they're with the Native American tribe. Oh, because um, he, he does like this big, like broad, like kind of shrug with his hands. Yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. 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 With the prostitute. In the yeah. Town. Yeah. So when they're with the Native American tribe, um, there's this group of girls that we're supposed to assume are like teenagers or like about his age. um, And they're pretty cute. And he's like looking at them. um, And he the way he looks at them uh, was kind of like a flirty Ethan Hawke look that you could see in a number of Ethan Hawke performances. Um, And uh, and then the two guys from the tribe like stand in his way to block his flirtatious looks right right, right. um but i thought that was a very a very ethan hawk moment yes. even though it was nonverbal. yes um and so i think after that it cuts back to white fang who is under the protection of um what's the name of the the guy gray beaver yeah, gray beaver. Which I think is an interesting name, because are there really gray beavers? Aren't they usually kind of brown? I just don't know that much about beavers, but... Or maybe it's like a native naming custom. I don't know. Like, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, we shouldn't comment on that. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so he's under gray beaver's protection, or he's with gray beaver. And then he leaves him outside the store... Uh, to go inside to look for, just to go shopping. Oh, no, I guess maybe he has some gold to trade in or something like that. So he goes into the store, uh, and then the these white dudes basically send their dog to, like, start antagonizing the wolf, to start antagonizing White Fang. And then White Fang bites the dog, and then Grey Beaver comes back out and says he's basically like you know what's going on and the white dudes are like oh your dog bit my your wolf bit my dog mm-hmm. um and then they're like we'll have him taken away or whatever and like we you don't want us to to call the police or whatever and then gravy was like you know pretty much defenseless so the white dudes take away White Fang, using the protection, the long arm of of the law in an unjust and unfair way. So true. So true. 
as, as continues to this day. Um, so there's a little, little social commentary going on there. And so then they use White Fang to, in their, in their dogfighting scheme, they're making money through dogfighting and they're having White Fang is basically killing a bunch of dogs because uh-huh. he's been forced to, to become violent. Yeah. Even though he was a nice, peaceful boy. That's true. Who could barely even catch a fish. Yeah. Now he's a vicious killer. Poor White Fang. Poor White Fang. Yeah, wow, I just stopped taking notes after this. Yeah, my notes also get really slim around yeah. this point. So then I guess after that... Um, oh, so... Uh, uh, oh, a little bit before this part, actually. Um, Ethan Hawke and Alex leave the uh, the tribe to go towards Ethan Hawke's father's land. Yes. And um, I just thought that the music that was playing while they were in the boat... Um, going to the land uh, reminded me a lot of Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. Uh huh. Also, during this part of the film, um, Ethan Hawke and Alex, sorry, Jack. I'm gonna call him by his name. All right, call me by your name. Yeah, and you call me by my yours or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Jack and Alex are growing closer. The bonds of male friendship are have never been stronger. Um, sure. And so. Ethan Hawke, Jack, is talking about his father, and he says uh, he wanted to give us a better life. All I wanted was for him to stay, and that reminded me a lot of his character and Dad. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting parallel. Yeah. So he's also in Dad. It's a very connected multiverse. Yes, the multiverse is expanding. Yes. He's also in Dad. All right. Cool. Um, oh, and uh, man, Ethan Hawke is reading a book about a time traveler, and I wanted to, I felt like I knew what it was. I feel like they made a movie in the early 2000s that was based on this book. I really yeah, felt it's, so... Um, sh- I know what it, it is. You know what it is? It's um, uh, Back to the Future. No, I'm just kidding. No, I do know what it is. Uh, the Time Machine. H.G. Wells, The yeah, Time Machine. Yeah, yeah, there was a movie based on that. Yes. That I saw that was not very good. <laughs> it's kind of fun, though, because he... Anyway. It's, it's, a, it's about time travel. It's a time, Yeah. Yes, H.G. Wells. Yeah, anyway, I thought that was interesting that he was reading a book about time travel, because it was just... Uh, yeah, predestination. Yes, predestination. <laughs> the multiverse grows. Yes. Um, but... I Although, don't know, The just, Time Machine came out in 1895. So the movie, no the the movie, <laughs> the book. Oh, okay. Eighteen ninety five. So when does White Fang take place? Oh, around the same time. It's oh, okay. So it's a new book. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just thought that was kind of interesting because like everything that we've dealt with in White Fang so far is so grounded in like the kind of harsh reality of like Alaska. Yes. And then he's just reading this book about time travel, and it's like pretty fantastic, and you know different yes but he's you Surreal. know he's got that boyish escapism to him yeah and adventurism i know it's just the first time you've really like been jarred out of the seriousness of their situation yes and so basically you know he's reading all these books and he he teaches uh alex is that his name yep uh to to read he helps teach him to read and alex teaches him to mine so they've got a happy little home together uh which is uh which is jack's dad's 
uh, Jack, yeah, Jack's dad's plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've built a mine there and they're doing some mining. Yeah. And I guess they go back. They go back into the town. Town. To get some supplies or something. Does, isn't and it just Jack that goes back? Yes. I think just Jack goes back. Just Jack. We have to go back. Uh, that's a different thing. We just did two different island. Jack references. What Jack I was doing? Uh, just Jack 2000 from Will and Grace. Oh, uh, okay. Was I doing Lost? You were doing Lost. I haven't seen it. I know. But you did but it. But I know my stuff. You did it successfully. Yeah. I can talk about Lost forever. Can you? Yeah. Ask me any question about Lost. Okay. Um, uh, what happens in the end? They're all dead. Mm. no are they yeah but no one knows that's the point of the show right no one knows what's happening (laughs) it's like you just like a big old fever dream Uh uh-huh true um see that's the great thing about lost is that i could say anything and it could possibly be true that's true because they have more questions than they do answers exactly Um, no i'm doing um twilight zone i know I was just saying that wasn't lost. Yeah, I know what I'm. I know what I'm about. <laughs> lost is more like. Do, 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 yeah, I know. I've know everything about it. Remember. Those sad Michael Giacchino scores. <sighs> it's so good. God, I love the Lost score. What a show. Speaking of Lost, this conversation. Yeah. Uh, so he goes back to um, the town and he sees White Fang or something. No, I think they both go back. I think it's a different time when he just goes back alone uh, with White Fang. God damn. Just so you know. Have I seen this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I think they both go back and then they see that there's dog fighting happening. And yes. then they see that White Fang is in the fight. And so then they like try to pull him out. Yes. Yeah. And then... Do they do that? And they do it successfully, and they right. bring him home. And then Alex is like, "This is crazy. This is like a wolf that's been trained to dog fight. Like, yes. you can't possibly make this work." But lo and behold, Ethan Hawke makes it happen. Yes. Um. And Alex is like, "Well, no shit." He but says, he say uh, "The line that Ethan Hawke says about this is." He was taught to hate. All he needs is a little bit of guidance. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. It's like a white savior moment, if I've ever seen one. (laughs) It's a dog, so. Yeah. It's a human savior moment. Human savior. Yeah. Yeah. Can we think of any other movies that fall under the genre of human savior? Like, uh, well, any like space alien movie, right? Oh, that's true. I think was thinking more in terms of like a human pet relation or like human animal relationship. True. Like these animals didn't want to be saved, or they could have saved themselves. You know? No. <laughs> no. 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 Why Fang's in a better place now? Well, actually, though, yes, because Jed the wolf dog died like twenty years ago. Oh, so. Rest in peace, twenty years. Rest in ago. peace to the homie. But he lived a long life. He lived like eighteen years. Nice. Yeah, he had a good solid life. Two successful he was like a films. Pretty big dog, which is a long time for. Yeah. Bigger dogs usually live shorter lives. Mm-hmm. English. Um. Yeah, and so that was my very last note. I definitely did not take notes on anything past that point. Uh. Yeah. My last note was, "Don't give up on me." You hear? 
but I don't know what that's in relation to. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So we didn't take notes on a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, we only took notes on the beginning of the movie, which is easy yeah. to remember, and then we yeah. forgot. Okay. The rest so, of the movie. Um, so slowly but surely, Ethan Hawke trains White Fang, and they become best of friends. And so Ethan Hawke is going into town, and he wants to. Oh, okay. Separately. Um, so you know how Alex taught him how to mine for gold? Yeah. So turns out they struck it rich. They found some gold yes. in there. And so he's bringing the gold into town to get it tested to make sure it's real. Yes. And there's and like so, a kind of caricature of like a Chinese yeah, person not that's good. measuring the gold. Yeah. Um, sus, but. Yeah. And then it made me think of The Seven Faces of Dr. Lao, which is a movie I haven't seen in a long time, but I like often reference it because... It's the, it's like the main um, movie with like Western Chinese, a uh, Western Chinese man that I can think of. Like, uh, what, like is that? what do you mean Western like, Chinese? Like Western, like like it's like a Western movie oh, with like a, Chinese, Chinese a Chinese man person. that's like the okay, main I see, character. Okay, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, and that's like kind of the whole thing, but it's like a weird uh, like mysticism thing. I don't know. Uh, it's okay. it's I think it's probably if I watched it again now I would be like yikes. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so he's going to go into town to get the gold checked out, but he wants to leave White Fang back at the cabin oh, with Alex, yeah. but White Fang will not be separated from Ethan Hawke, so he yes. jumps out of the window and runs into oh, after yeah. Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah, 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 he jumps out of the window, yeah. yeah. So he, like, go, breaks the glass. Yeah. And Alex is like, oh, no. <laughs> Ah, this crazy dog I'm yeah. austere and european yeah he's not really that austere he's kind of a jovial european yeah yeah i guess so yeah anyway so um they go into town together even though ethan hawks like this probably isn't a good idea um and then uh you know the the dog the bad dog fighting guys yeah, see him three again of them. yeah there's three of them and, and so then two of them are like kind of dumb and then one of them is like the, the main dude leader. yeah that's beauty yeah um so then they they follow him back to the cabin so that they know where they're at and then they try to get the dog or kill them or something they throw they throw fire into yeah, the yeah they cabin. light the house on fire and they shoot a bunch of bullets and stuff. yeah but then, you know, White Fang and Ethan Hawke work together as a team to take them down. Yes. The buddy cop movie we've all been waiting for. In a fun, Ethan Hawke and a dog. In a fun, you know, dog yeah. Disney movie type way. Yeah. Where no one's really hurt. Mm-hmm. They have all this gold now. After they get rid of the bad guys. They have all this gold now. And so then Alex and his girlfriend are going to move to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ask Ethan Hawke to come with them. San Francisco is expensive. It's true. You need that gold. You need that gold. Yeah. You need that, like, you know, you go in there and they're like, where's all your Bitcoins? And they're like, I don't have Bitcoins. I only really have gold. See? And then they just, like, dump a bunch of gold into the, you know, the table or whatever. Uh-huh. Onto the iPad. Yeah. Here's, I got gold. See? And they're like, Oh, well, you can have any apartment you like right in the marina. And then, you know, it's like if, if you didn't have all this gold, you'd have to live in Oakland. I don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Pussy yeah. Gap. Living on the marina. See? Shopping at the Gap. <laughs> That's what Richie will do, right? <laughs> yeah, shop they, at the Gap. They shop at the Gap. Meet me at the Gap. Yeah, like in uh, Minority Report. He goes to the Gap. He does, yeah. Yeah. To buy some sensible chinos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you do at the Gap. You yeah. buy sensible chinos. I've bought sensible chinos at the Gap. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. Anyway, so before Ethan Hawke goes to San Francisco with Alex and the girlfriend, he decides that White Fang needs to go back out into the wild and like live as a wolf normally. Yes. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that scene. Because it's like this, this like kind of famous scene where he's like, "Go on, get out of here," and you know, White Fang's like. Uh, I want to be with you, pal. And then Ethan Hawke picks up a stick and waves it at White Fang, like shooing him away. And White Fang responds to that because White Fang has had sticks kind of used as a, uh, you know, sticks were used by the community. Right. Yeah. Like to hit him or to like prod him or whatever. And so White Fang sees that as like, all right. Guess you don't love me no more. Peace out, homie. Yeah. And he runs into the woods. It's real sad. Classic, big Ethan Hawke moment at the end of a movie. Where he might not talk that much before, but he has a big moment. Big moment. Big emotional moment where he yells something or stands on a table. Probably cries. Probably cries or talks to Ted Danson about Jack (laughs) Lemmon dying. Yeah. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen Dad. Yeah, although you should have if you're listening to our podcast. Well, maybe people are just listening to the movies that they like. Well, then They're we're like going to get like no listens on that dad episode because I don't think anyone's ever heard of that movie except for us. Well. Anyway. Um, uh, but instead of going to San Francisco, Ethan Hawke decides that he needs to stay at his dad's land and just kind of live in Alaska. And when he gets there... He finds White Fang. They're waiting for him. Yeah, and and we're to assume that they're going to live happily ever after together at the end. Yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. I'm sure we missed several major scenes. Yep. But whatever. Um. So one really interesting thing. I was looking up reviews for White Fang. Yeah. Of all of the Ethan Hawke movies we've watched so far, um, Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert... He did not review Explorers, but of the next three, so Dead Poets Society, Dad, and White Fang, White Fang is his highest rated film of those three. Uh, he gave it three stars out of four. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think that a really, a really interesting line from that review is, he says, movies like this are an antidote to the violent and defeatist thrillers a lot of younger moviegoers seem to be hooked on. It's an adventure, it's exciting, it stirs the imagination, and there are scenes of terrific suspense. It's a film that holds the natural world in wonder and awe, and it might even inspire someone to read the novels of Jack London, who was such a good writer, he could tell a story that I fell in love with when I was 10 years old and much harder to please than I am now. So, I don't know, I just think that's kind of interesting that, like, this is the highest rated one, one, because of the four Ethan Hawke movies that we've watched so far, it was probably the least interesting to me uh-huh and two because he seems to be uh, giving credit to this movie for 
being like wholesome. Getting those Gen X kids <laughs> yeah. to not be hooked on such violent movies. Yeah. Those darn Gen Xers. It's like the the just because of the the content and the I guess like almost morality of the movie. Yeah. Like that's what is giving it this bonus star or the half star. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, I that's just very, yeah. very peculiar to me. I just thought this movie was fine. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well some some uh other things about this movie. It was directed by Randall Kleiser, mm-hmm. based on the book of the same name. Uh it was fourteen million dollar budget for Disney. Uh Thirty-four point eight million box office. Kleister also directed Grease. Mm-hmm. That's a great and movie. And Big Top Pee Wee, <gasps> which I thought you might be interested in because yeah. I really like Pee Wee Herman. That's so that fun. was one I of the Pee Wee Herman movies. Uh, yeah, and I also wrote down something from that uh, Ebert uh, review where he says performances are authentic and understated. So there's that. So that's all I wrote down for 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 this movie. But yeah, I, I mean, it was fine. It was a very straightforward kind of movie. It's like felt like a Disney movie, plus mm-hmm. prostitutes, I guess. Yeah. Something for the adults to laugh at. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to think of other Disney movies where there might be like. Adult I'm sure movies. there. Yeah, I'm sure there are other. Yeah, probably. I'll look at a list of Disney movies right now. Oh, also, there was a review in uh, the Washington Post of White Fang. And they rated it two and a half kibbles. Two and a half what? Kibbles. Kibbles. This is like a dog. Uh. So that was cute. Well, oh, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Was, uh. Esmeralda was a prostitute. Okay, so they're prostitutes. All right. <laughs> Good to know. All the world's oldest profession. Yeah, I think I'm kind of more on board with Rita Kempley of what the Washington Post, who said. Though slow and overlong. I think you need to be a little closer to the oh, mic. Okay. Um, she said, though slow and overlong, the movie is at least scenic family fair, which is true. Yeah. That's true. It, it is, is slow scenic. and it's long, but it's scenic and for the family. Yeah. Yeah. Including the dogs. Don't bring your dog to the movies, please. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. Dogs, like, you know, just leave them outside. Or at home. Or at home with a dog sitter. Yeah. You can get those with an app now. That's true. You can get a dog sitter. You can get a dog walker. You can get a dog pooper picker-upper. Can you imagine Ethan Hawke being transplanted into any other Disney movies? Probably, but I honestly don't know. Oh, okay. I'm like, sorry. I didn't mean to like stress you out with that question. You seemed really angry immediately. So. No, I just honestly don't know like Disney movies that well. Like, I just don't really care that much about Disney movies. So, mm-hmm. probably, it's, pro- it's possible that he could be in other Disney movies. But, um, but I just don't know what they would be. Gabby asks, uh, I read the book a long time ago. I feel like the book is pretty violent. So, I guess I'm curious about the level of dog violence in this movie. LOL. There's definitely some. Yeah, 
the there's dog definitely fighting some, there's is the pretty... dog fighting yeah it, there are some scenes where you're like oh geez yeah he's really ripping into that dog yeah and you do see you like you do see white thing like kill some dogs like the dog dies and you're like oh that's a dead dog like it's pretty unambiguous and it shows it it's not like graphic like there's no like blood spewing out but it is definitely yeah it's relatively violent i imagine it's less graphic uh graphically depicted than it is written in the books but i i don't really know Mm-hmm. Um, with regard to the actual treatment of the animals on the set of White Bang, uh, at the request of Mike. Disney, what? Mike. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> over here. Um, so there's a website called humanehollywood.org. Uh huh. That's um the American Humane Association, uh-huh. and it has information about uh, animal treatment in movies. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, the page for White Fang says, at the request of Disney, our representative Edward L. Lish went to Alaska to inspect the extensive housing compound being constructed for the making of the film. The production company went to great effort and expense to ensure the safety of the animals. The trainer, Clint Rowe, achieved extraordinary performances from his animals through his care and concern for the total well-being of each animal. Their mutual trust and affection was obvious to all during production. So That's good. Yeah. Good, good on to know. Disney. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, Jed the wolf dog is a star. Jed's not going to settle for some a dog's purpose type treatment. No. Jed is going to request a, 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 a trailer, uh, M&M's, you know, free... They shouldn't have M&M's. They're dogs. Okay, yes. Don't feed your dogs M&M's or mustard. Or grapes. Or grapes. Um, also, according to this uh, American Humane Association website, um, to uh, well, not to this day because I think this was written a long time ago, but um, Jed and the St. Bernard, one of the dogs that was in the dog fighting uh-huh. scene, uh Jed and the St. Bernard are good friends and play together each morning on the trailer's compound. Wow. Yeah, it's real That's sweet. That's cute. Yeah, even though they really just ripped into each other in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a clip? Yes. Yeah, well, I haven't seen this clip yet, so we'll just play it and see. Okay. So they devised this thing where they put me on what was really an island. It didn't really look like a, where the stream split. And they put out these like three cameras on long lenses from around the island. And they put me on this little rock island in the middle of a stream with a half wolf. And the wolf was very hungry and I had some meat. And the idea was that I would just get the wolf to eat out of my hand. And if I could, and it was a really incredible experience uh, because it was the greatest acting exercise you could possibly imagine, this thing about, you know, because wolves, as soon as you want something from them, they're completely mistrustful of you, which is true of us, too. You, you know, we, we sense other people's agendas, and if it doesn't, you know, what is it that you want from me? What am I supposed to be doing to make you happy? Like, you know, what's your agenda? So you ultimately just have to kind of go out there and be and respond to the wolf and respond. And if the wolf wasn't interested in you, I'd just start, you know, watching the river and doing other things. And finally got this wolf to eat out of my hand, you know, and, and he bit me, too. Oh. 
you know, it's a price you got to pay. Uh, but it was an amazing experience. Jack Lemmon used to say that, you know, I told him about my experience with the, with the wolf, and, and he said, that's like acting with Marilyn Monroe. You, know? <laughs> you just got to be good in every take, because they're going to use the one where she's good. Um, nobody's looking at you, boss. Wow, uh, Jack Lemmon of Dad. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We finally got a clip of Ethan Hawke talking about Jack Lemmon. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. Ethan Hawke and that wolf. Yeah. Oh, did you have a, a most Ethan Hawke line from this movie? Um, I think it might have been the one that you... I, I didn't... I don't think I took note of one. There was a there was a line where he says, Oh, you're a, you're a romantic, aren't you? Which I guess was kind of Ethan Hawke. But there was... I think there was the one where you... The one you said earlier, how he just, he was trained to hate or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was taught to hate. All he needs is a little bit of guidance. Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Yeah. I honestly think that the nonverbal things that we pointed out were, like, much yeah, more Ethan yeah, Hawk yeah, yeah, than yeah. the lions. Yeah. Well, um, maybe it's time for a hawk fact. <gasps> <laughs> Um, so, I'm to pronounce this. There's a bird called the Northern Goshawk? Goshawk? It's spelled G-O-S-H-A-W-K. At first I was thinking it's Goshawk, <laughs> but I realized that it's probably Goshawk? Go- Goshawk? Goshawk? Maybe I should look this up before. I'm looking it up right this second. Okay. Goshawk. Goshawk. Yeah. Okay. So northern goshawk, uh, subspecies. There's a subspecies of northern goshawk. Go. go what is it? Goshawk. 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 Like a gossipy hawk. A gossipy hawk. Like if Ryan Gosling and Ethan Hawke were dating. Goshawk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So northern goshawk. Um, it's okay. So northern goshawk. Uh, subspecies called Atrica pilus, or sometimes colloquially referred to as the American goshawk, uh, which is found throughout North America, including Alaska, <gasps> where they are typically bigger in terms of body mass and... Um, mean weight um uh, compared with ones that are found in places like arizona which are typically the smaller ones or smaller body mass but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have smaller wingspans mm-hmm. wikipedia was very keen on stressing this fact <laughs> they could have bigger wings they just have smaller bodies uh, and this correlates with bergman's rule who is a Man of the birds. It was just an animal study Mm -hmm. person. And he had a rule that said that uh, colder climate animals are typically bigger than their warmer climate counterparts. Hmm. Uh, And this is subject to some contestation, but there are, you know, a lot of different animals to which this uh, rule applies, including the 
American goshawk. So the Alaskan ones are a little bigger, and they are, I guess, white with flecked gray spots. So there you go. That's a hawk fact. Nice. Yeah. I think that's all about all I got. Yeah, I think that's all I got, too. All right. Uh, well, do you have... Um, well, maybe... What's your favorite uh, media content that takes place in Alaska? Do you have one? Yeah, uh, that video where Sarah Palin's like, I can see Russia from my backyard. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the Simpsons movie... I think they, oh, yeah. he's like looking for opportunity in Alaska and they all move out to Alaska as a family in the Simpsons movie. Yeah, there's a great scene where he like he puts up the map uh, in front of the windshield and it's like this very scenic yeah. picture of Alaska and then it falls down and they're like driving toward like a basically like a factory, you know, it's like an uh, industrial wasteland. Yeah. And that's what Alaska is actually like. Yeah. It was a funny scene. It's a good movie. Simpsons movie is a good movie. I only Simpsons saw it once like is a, good movie. a long time ago, but I really enjoyed it. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you? Do you have anything to plug? Nope. Where can people find you? <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> okay, fine. You can find me on Instagram at John Zavaleta. You can... John is just J-O-N, by the way. No J-O-N Zavaleta. Because my name is spelled... J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N. Jonathan. It's not spelled J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N. Some people are like that. Because it takes all kinds. I'm not greedy. <laughs> I don't need that many letters in my name. That's Who true. needs two H's in their name? Nobody. I have an H in my first name and an H in my last name. That's different. It's two different names. Okay. Well, uh, I'm Harper. You can find me on Instagram at Harping About. Um, and you can find the podcast, as I mentioned earlier, on Facebook at Hawkeye's Pod, Instagram at Hawkeye's Pod. Yeah. Um, where else are we? Oh, I'm going to make a Twitter, I've decided. Cool. Because uh, that seems to be where all the hip young folk are at. Yeah. The uh, Nazi lights and the you know, bots, Russian bots, and okay. a few funny celebrities. Yeah, those are all the people we want to be reaching out to. <laughs> so we're going to have a Twitter. Um, oh, and God. if you want, you can email us, hawkeyespod at gmail.com. Yes. We would love to hear your thoughts and questions. And I'm assuming that we're going to be somewhere where you could leave reviews. So please leave reviews. We haven't started posting these episodes anywhere, and that's why I'm so unsure about all of our locations and things that we're going to want you to do. But we definitely want to hear from you somewhere. Is Hawkeyes, does it share, do they share an E or is it two E's? It shares an E. It's okay. H A W K E Y E S. Right. Hawkeyes. Important to note. It is. Yep. All right. What's the next movie we're talking about? The next movie we're talking about, I have my spreadsheet right here, is called Mystery Date, 1991. I think my girl, Terry Polo, might be in that one. Cool. I'm not sure about that, though, but I kind of... Literally never heard of that movie. I've never heard of it either, but I think I looked it up at one point for the making of the spreadsheet. 
This will be a I fun shot then. Terry Polo was on the cover. I don't know who that is. Well, I'm going to tell you all about her next week <sighs> on Hot Guys. So stay tuned for that. Ooh. Catch us next week. It's going to be so fun. You'll hear me talk about the West Wing seasons six and seven. <laughs> as well as the Fosters every season. Okay, but don't you talk about those things anyway? Not on the show. Oh. You found a way to talk about Moulin Rouge on the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could talk about whatever I want on the show. It's our, it's our podcast. That's true. I never diverge, though. I'm always on topic. You know, I think I bring a little something extra when I get off topic. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, okay. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been real, and it's been cute. Catch us on the nets. <laughs> Geo Geopets? No, Geocities. <laughs> Neopets. Neocities and Geopets. No. That's what I'm calling it. Catch us on HawkeyesPod at geopets.com and also HawkeyesPod at neocities.com. The two hottest him. websites on the internet. Also MySpace. Also Friendster. Also Napster. We're on Napster. You can steal our uh, podcasts on out. Napster. <laughs> and also our uh, ongoing official sponsorship with FYE and Cap- what is Tower Records? Oh, yeah, Tower, Tower Records. Records, where you can find our CDs now in the bargain bin. Um, Hopefully, at some point, we'll have real sponsors. Yes. If you're looking to sponsor a podcast, reach out to us. Yeah, th- it's all about micro influencers <laughs> these days. No one cares what Kendall Junior. Kendall Junior. No one cares what Kendall Junior is doing anymore. They want to see what real ordinary bland people are doing yeah and that's us so sponsor us we're bland as heck <laughs> squarespace where you at warby parker casper uh branch and bull tommy john <laughs> we're giving you free sponsorship i expect the royalty checks to be rolling in cpa or cpm though i know my stuff listen sponsors you know me what does that mean uh, CPA is a uh, certified public accountant. No, we're going to need one of those with all the money we're going to have yeah. when Tommy John no. decides to sponsor us. I'm wearing Tommy John underwear right now. That's not true. <laughs> um, CPA and CPM is like basically the way you get paid by a sponsor. If you have a podcast, so CPA is by people who like you get paid per person that signs up for the, the service. You know oh, what I mean? So like yeah, for every person yeah, that gets yeah, your like every hello referral. fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, name drop. <laughs> um, you'll get paid for every sign up that comes from you. Uh huh. Um, but uh, CPM is for like every thousand listeners you get. It's per per mill, which is thousand m i l l e. It's French for thousand. I think. Oh, cool. The um, French are always good at counting. Yeah. They're stupid eighties. Don't worry about it. Anyway, so yeah, so CPA versus CPM just means the different ways that you get paid by a sponsor. Cool. Well, we'll be making so much money, they won't even know which Casper way to Casper Mattress us. or Lisa. We love you both. Yeah, equally. Yeah. Except whichever one pays us first, we love them more. Yeah. All right, bye, guys. Thanks for tuning. In. In. <laughs> Catch you on the flip. <laughs> ah! We out. Stop. Yeah. Yeah.